Good morning. My name is Jim. For those that don't know me, I'm one of the elders here at church. And um, I welcome you all. I um, have my phone on. I'm not really, I know, uh, we know Tom's traveling. He's traveling to India. He should be there. I, in a perfect world, I would have heard from him by now. Many of you maybe have heard on the way in that uh, Pastor A went home to be with the Lord this morning, a few hours ago. So, uh, as best I know, Tom's still en route. It uh, hasn't been a, a, the trip itinerary has not followed what was planned. Uh, he was to have a pretty direct route, and it has been a lot less than that. He, uh, I got two texts from him at three-something this morning, and one said he was in London, and one said he was in Dobby. So he shouldn't have been in either of those places. So he's um, having a journey. So we need to continue to lift Tom and Karen and the family, and, you know, just everybody, and obviously Pastor A's family, and to continue to lift them up in prayer because circumstances have changed. Um, And I think we should pray. And then we'll continue on. Lord, I just, um, I thank you for this beautiful spring day you've given us. I think of the old song about the endless, cloudless day that you've blessed us with today. Pastor Ray will be experiencing this now for the rest of eternity. Because he was indeed a friend of God. I personally have enjoyed his company and fondly remember it. I just liked the little guy. And uh, he had a lot of people that loved him. And I just uh, pray over Tom as he completes his journey and ministers to the family and to the huge ministry that's left that's a remnant of what our apostle, Pastor A, initiated with the Lord's blessing in southern India. It's just, uh, it's heartbreaking in one way, but also very great news in another way. And I ask that you continue to bless uh, and watch over Pastor A's family, and especially his son, Sam, who uh, I just pray that he was able to make the peace that he needed to make with his father before... He left. We just, uh, we just love him, and I just know he had such a great time when he was here this fall. He just thought it was a wild, that auction, he did just blew him away. And I just never forget him giggling sitting next to me, thinking that was the greatest thing in the world. Lord, just continue to bless the families. Watch over us now, Lord, and just, um, Lord, your word, uh, I'm resting on your word today. And uh, it is true And um, I just pray that the power of the Holy Spirit pierces our heart and makes the changes that are necessary. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, yeah, Tom decided Thursday he was going to be traveling to India, called an emergency elders meeting Thursday night after various home groups, because a lot of us do Thursday night home groups, learned a very valuable lesson. Don't be the last elder in the room. Just, 
He said, Jim, just close the door. You're the last one. It's okay. It's okay. No, I really, I, I don't, I say that just to be funny, but I love being, I've missed my microphone. I've missed seeing your faces. This is, well, I don't want to say the best seat in the house because I never sit down, but I just love to see the joy of the Lord, the light of the world shine off your faces. You can't see it. For, I see the back of your heads back there. I like it from up here better. So um, it just is a fun place to be. But um, we've been talking about change here. Tom's been talking about change here for the last three weeks. And I missed the first one on Abraham to Ab- or Abram to Abraham. Joseph was great. Esther was great. We'll try to do something with this today. It's going to be a little different. We're going to talk about change. Um, and I guess I want to kind of warn you up front. Um, whoever's standing up here, whether it's Tom or Colin or myself or another guest, um, it is not our, not our intent to be waving our fingers at any one of you out here. Don't do this and don't do that. I especially learned a long time ago, don't to point, because they got these going this way, right? So if you see me point, I'm always pointing like this. I learned that a long time ago. It's like, okay, you're right, I'll point like this. Um, But the Word of God, uh, we kind of allow the conviction um, for various things uh, to be handled by the Word of God the inerrant word of God, and also the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. So, at times, at times we're offended by the word of God because it, it's not meshing maybe with our hearts all that well. And I guess I want to put that disclaimer out there because it is not my intent to step on anyone's toes. We're going to read out of the book of James, or I'm going to read out of the book of James. And uh, with that disclaimer stated, we'll get started. I'm in the book of James, chapter 4. And uh, there's a lot here, but uh, I'll try to zero in on it after I'm done reading. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you do not ask what the right. You do ask with the wrong motives. That was that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be friends in the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When he judges 
when you judge the law, you are not keeping it. You are sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and one judge. The one is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go do this or that city, spend a year here, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what tomorrow, what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boastings is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. There's quite a bit there. Um, you could spend a long, long time there. Um, I'm thinking today is my day, and Tom should be back next week. He didn't spring that on me. But um, I like the book of James. There's um, a lot of meat there. And uh, much of the book of James overlays the uh, Sermon on the Mount, which is in uh, Matthew 5 through 7. There are many similarities. There's a lot of conviction, potentially, and a lot of offensiveness potentially brought in front of us because of what it says because the world and God's world don't really mesh all that well so there are things that we need to look at but uh, what I want to focus on today is um, you do not have because you do not ask God and conversely when you when you ask you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. I want to handle the um, pretty much how that we can have the correct motives. And for the most part, this is going to be review for many people, unless you're new here. Uh, this is taught in DT 100, or it used to be. And uh, to get in that right place with God, so that we do ask, he does give us generously because he likes to give us good gifts. And that is stated in Matthew 7, and Jesus is speaking these words. You ask, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask, for, ask him? So in everything, do, to, uh, do unto others as you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law of the product, prophets. The Father in heaven gives good gifts. We want to ask him, in, a, in the right way so that we get we are the recipients of those good gifts God asks with the right motives I'm going to kind of run through a list some of these things may be very basic some of you may have heard these time and time again because again this is, this is not new ground um, but I know that in my business dealings we have what we call best practices 
And um, these are just best practices for your relationship with God. And sometimes when you deviate from those best practices, let's say things just don't go very well or they don't go the way you intended. So this is going to be a short list, but a list nonetheless. One of the first ones is, and we've heard this before, it's out of Psalms 46, is be still and know that I am God. This is very contrary to the world. We're multitasking, we're very busy, we've got a list of things to do tomorrow already, and maybe even for the week, things that we have to accomplish. This is a very productivity-oriented world we live in right now, especially in the somewhat scary economic environment we operate in. We want to be seen as productive so that we keep working. And uh, it's just the way of the world. And that's all fine and well for work. But we need to have time with the Lord. And it is difficult for us sometimes to change gears from doing and doing and doing to being still. And that is a challenge. It's a challenge for me. I have not known anybody who it's not a challenge for. I guess that's why it's so good when you get it down. But uh, also very close to being still is being patient. Being patient and being able to wait. There are many scriptures about being patient and being able to wait. And we don't have to go any further than just after James 4 into James 5. And we don't want to read to offend too many more people because James 5 has some not pretty things in it. But be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for his land to yield the valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord is coming near. We'll stop there because we'll offend more people. Okay. Um, But patience. Patience is a great virtue. I've heard that before, and patience and being still are, are pretty close to the same thing, but we need to be able to wait, and sometimes we have to wait a while. So I would counsel you to find a, if this is kind of a new thing for you, to find a good, quiet place that you can have genuine solitude so you can really get your arms around this. And once you really have your arms around this, you can because you've got to hear the Lord's voice, and he kind of speaks kind of quiet sometimes. So um, you've got to be able to find how he speaks to you. So once you've got that, um, not that you won't love that time, but you'll find that you can hear him amongst a lot of chaos and a lot of white noise. I mean, just a lot of chaos, whether it's people noise or literal noise. You know, the Lord will honor that. He'll honor that your desire to be with him and to hear his voice. He will indeed honor that, and you will not be disappointed. One of the things you'll find it as you get close to the Lord in these times of quietness is um, he's perfect. And um, he's described as um, a consuming fire in many places in the Bible. And he's a refiner. And if you allow yourself or put yourself in a place where you're near the refiner, you're going to be refined. And it may not be comfortable, but that's part of the refining process. 
whether you're refining oil or precious metals. There's some heat involved or pressure. I stated in the first service, you, you, you do one or the other, you're going to get the other. So if you heat something, you get pressure. If you have pressure, you're going to get heat. That's just the way it is. And um, these impurities are going to be brought out as you stand before the Lord or as you lay before the Lord. And that's your opportunity to let the spilled blood of Jesus speak for those and to just lay that burden down. Some of these things are deep from our past, and they may not you know, be something that we can see. We do a pretty good job on Sundays and most days showering up and putting on clean clothes so we look pretty decent when we're in public, and uh, we do appreciate that, by the way. But um, there are things that are inside of us. I remember when Tom was doing the shotgun shells. I mean, there is some kind of dirty residue on the inside of that shotgun shell, and we all got a little bit of dirty residue going on. And we're going to have a little bit of that until we shed this robe of flesh. But we shouldn't be proud of that. We shouldn't encourage that. Or we shouldn't just keep that. It's like, oh, grace will cover that. The blood of Jesus covers that. We want to refine it. We want, we want to refine it because we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, what trials we're going to face. I don't know if anybody thinks it's getting any easier out there, but the trials are still out there. We need to be prepared for the trials to come. The closer you are to being refined or pure, a, a pure part of the bride of Christ, I think the more easily you're going to pass through these. I know so. Need to give the, oh, I don't want it to get too far ahead here. Need to worship him. Genuine worship is just priceless. It's spirit touching spirit. I mentioned in the first service, one of my, there's some songs that I really, really like that just I just really, really connect with. And um, I don't know who, how old it is or who was the original writer or performer, but Josh, I do love in Christ alone. And then I th- thank you for for playing that today for us. I just know that um, that one really touches my spirit. The words to these, if you can sing a song like this from a genuine, thankful, contrite heart, you're going to make a connection. No guilt in life. No fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man could ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ I stand. I don't think it gets much better than that. When you proclaim Jesus as Lord and Savior, whether you're by yourself in your room or in front of a few people, he loves it and he'll bless it. He blesses it. I don't care if you're singing in your car. The Lord's given you a voice. 
And it may not be for the American Idol. I know mine's not. And there are some songs that just come out better than others just because of the way we're tuned. But he loves to hear worship just like you do from your kids or your parents. It's love. It's love. And it's genuine. And he honors that. And you're getting close. And you're getting close. And you're just getting close. And it's just... um, I want to go back to um, submit yourselves to God then. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. You're getting near to him. You're getting near to him when you're doing that. Give thanks. I always love this one in First Thessalonians. Be joyful always. Pray continuously. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love that one. If I put stuff in my refrigerator, that's where it'd be. And from where I am, it's easy for me to be thankful. And part of that's maybe the way I'm wired. And sometimes it's harder for people to be thankful. But, you know, we've got a lot here. We've got a lot to be thankful for. We have relatively few needs. And you know what? If you have a genuine need, you need to let your family know that too. Okay? That's what the prayer and care reports report for and other things are for. We need to know that. Let your family know. Give thanks. We have so, so much to be thankful for. And when you give thanks, it totally changes your perspective and changes the things that you're asking for because I know I don't need anything. So my needs are, uh, I want my needs to be God's needs for me. Stay in the word. How many times have you heard that here? Stay in the word. We want you to read it daily. And you can do that with a daily devotional. And um, there are a lot of daily devotionals. There really are. And you you need to find one that you're comfortable with. There's uh, all kinds of... um, some are nice little books that you can carry with you. You can get them on the internet. You can get emails sent to you every day. I'm not sure. That's not how I tend to do mine because I don't even want to turn on my computer first because I kind of go to work right away. So I like books. So that's just how I'm wired and how I do it. If you have a little iGizmo or whatever, of course I got a smartphone. So they could probably be shot to the phone. Um, but there's a lot of ways to start your day with the Word of God. And I say start the day, and I'll read this because uh, we've all heard this here many, many, many times. Uh, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place to pray. And um, that's not easy to do. We have obligations, we have family, we have crowded houses or living conditions, and um, you need to find a solitary place to pray. I generally find an empty room in the house, and I do that. Um, But you need to find that solitary place to pray. And before light, it's becoming more difficult because it's getting light earlier, isn't it? Yeah, come in another month, it's going to be light at 5.30 in the morning. So that's, that's really bad. 
But uh, in the winter, it's a lot easier. But it's cold in the winter, so that makes it hard again. So, I mean, this is, this is discipline. This, is, um, this isn't easy, but it does bear fruit. I mentioned in the first service, I've never had anybody tell me that that was their favorite scripture. It's just not. It's work, but it's work that has fruit. Um, have community with other believers. You know, we have home groups, all kinds of small groups, brother to brother, women's ministries, uh, youth groups, high school groups. We have all kinds of groups for all different ages and categories of peeps. And it's important that we be connected in groups to encourage each other, to um, pray for each other, to share our trials and our victories. We do have those. Um, so it's important to share those, to, again, to pray for and encourage um, the body of Christ so we become complete. We are our brother's keeper. And these small groups are, are vital uh, to any church. So if you're new here, um, or if you just have been coming and you really haven't plugged in, it's, it's, it is critically important. This one I was reminded of recently when I was finishing a book that I was listening to um, as I travel was Dietrich Bonhoeffer's uh, life story. And I know some of the ladies here have read that. Um, it's a big book. It's like War and Peace. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's a great book, but it's, it, she's a big one. Um, he had a confessor, and I'd forgotten maybe that principle... Um, we kind of have that in our group of elders that we can, can pray and we can talk about the things in our lives that, well, we really would rather not be there. And we can do that in a very comfortable and private environment. Well, Dietrich Bonhoeffer had someone in his life, and he grew up in probably as tumultuous of a time as we would have now or even worse. He grew up uh, during World War One, in between the two world wars, and, and he is German, so he was part of the German regime and all that. And he uh, was a theologian. He was an incredible man. Um, he stood for God, and he was part of the resistance as well as the plot to kill him. Which uh, and ultimately he lost his life in the gallows. But throughout his life, I mean, what an encouraging story to listen or read, but um, he had a, a man that he always could call on when he needed one, a confessor. And of course, if you're the person confessing, that's a vital thing, but if you're the person, the other recipient of that, that's a big role too. If someone were to approach you and in this relationship were to develop, Obviously, you need to be in the Word and prayer and have all these things lined up as well. Um, it's vital. It's a wonderful gift to have someone that you can bear your heart out to and, and to seek cleansing. and for, Not that He can forgive you, but to just talk that out and to, and to seek the cleansing. There's just so much that we carry in us, and sometimes we don't even know that it's an impurity. And it could have happened decades ago when we were short and young, or shorter and younger. And um, 
again, these impurities. We just, we want to cleanse the bride. We want to purify our hearts from the potential damage or whatever was done in the past. Confessor. Confessors, I mean, it's hard. That's probably one of the harder, most of these other things you can just do. But to find someone you can really find confidence in, that's going to take some work. It's going to take some time to develop a relationship like that. My last one's here is fasting. Tom had a great teaching on fasting recently, and you know, for the, the first thing you think of is I got to give up food. And it's like you might, um, you know. Originally, fasting, um, you know, the Lord just wanted people to spend time with them, and it's that part of that being still and being quiet and fasting. The Jews spent a lot of time preparing food because they didn't have fast food. You know, we got that stuff. So I. You know, if you really want to spend more time and fast, it might be more productive or more time if you had, I would suggest, maybe a technology fast. You know, put the, turn the DVR off and the TV off, put, the, put all the little remote controls down that we have, maybe unplug iPods and turn off computer for a day or do a technology-free weekend or something like that and spend some more time with God. Technology is just all over our life. And it's a very big distraction, um, potentially. But if you want to spend that quality time with the Lord, that's one way to literally unplug. And that's just one way. But that's just um, something that just came to me as I was putting this together. So um, there are a few things here listed. But these disciplines, they're, and this is not all of them, but they're, they're best practices. And uh, they're a bit contrary to the world that we live in. And it mentioned in James that, you know, if you're, in love with the world, you're really, you're, you're stepping away from God or you're away from God. And, uh, you know, to be still is very different than multitasking. You know, to have patience is very different than needing gratification now. To seeking God's forgiveness is different than carrying a grudge. Worshiping him is different than loving the world. Giving thanks is very different from discontentment. Reading the word is very different from tabloid news. Community with other believers is very different than virtual friends. Fasting is also very different than overindulging. With all is said, we can be close to the Lord. We also never should forget to put on our armor. In Ephesians 4, it enumerates all those things. I won't go over that, but... You know, we had a very good teaching on that recently. It's like Tom never forgets to start the day without his armor. We need our armor. It works every time. And it's a great thing. So, if you want to change something in your life, you need to ask God. Ask God who gives richly. stated in scripture that um, submit yourselves to God then resist the devil and he will flee from you come near him and he will come near to you this refining process will prepare us for the times and the days to come one of the things that isn't listed in the reading I had is you know a lot of this is for purification from maybe sinful behavior that we we currently have or we currently struggle with or from past sin that we haven't uh, sought forgiveness for but um, 
you know, the one thing about sin is usually it offends someone else. If we have had sinful behavior in the past, while we may have been forgiven for that from the Lord, we may need to still seek for forgiveness from whoever we've offended. So that's something that's kind of not written there. It's in another part of the Bible. But we need to seek forgiveness from those that we've offended. And of course, if we're on the other end of that, if it's sincere, we need to obviously accept it. Victory over sin is possible, but you've got to ask. And my plea to you today is ask. Ask him. Ask God. He gives richly. He gives richly. One of the reasons I bring this up today is because I've seen people fall. People I know, people I love, and it's painful for me to see it. And I can't change it. This is something you've got to do yourself. Tom sees, I mean, we see that as leaders of the church. You see it in, in your world too. And it's painful to watch people lose battles. And you don't have to lose them. You don't have to lose them. This is one place we don't have to lose anything. Jesus is our victor. He paid the price. I remember when we were in Bangalore. It was spoken, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You have power to overcome all this stuff. Why do we carry it? Can't we ask God? He will provide and give richly. Power to overcome sin. Cast out demons. Heal the sick. All that good stuff. But he will give you the power. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. We want it in our lives desperately. We try to fill it with other things. It's my request to you today that you uh, ask God that gives richly. Spend the time with them. Feel the heat of the Lord. Let those impurities rise to the top. Ask for forgiveness. He will. He will. I'd like to ask the uh, worship team to come up. We'll let this cook for a second. We'll see how you would like to respond. As always, you're able to respond here at the Vineyard any way you wish. I'd like to ask some of the prayer ministry people to come forward. And uh, if there's people that come up for prayer.